Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, Oven Mitt, co-host and Molly's right-hand gal. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we know it will contain salt, heavy cream, and butter. Mm, Could still be a lot of stuff. We've got a very exciting episode for you all today. That's right. First up, our intern Kyle is back for a rich and creamy round of tricky trivia. Then Chad is here with an international edition of Ask a Grown-Up. And finally, Andrea is back to heat things up with how-to time. Let's get right to it today, listeners. To the theme song! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. shouldn't feel bad for using my fridge. Mystery recipe. Molly, I cannot wait for Kyle to be back for today's episode. Why is that, Mitzi? Because I have been working on minimizing my personal impact on climate change. It's been really hard. What's been really hard, Mitzi? Kyle! Welcome back, buddy. Listeners, if you are just joining us, this is Kyle, a butter knife, our intern this season, and lover of climate change. I don't... Right, 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 right. He doesn't love climate change. He wants to stop it. And I want to help. Kyle, do you want to hear about all the things I've been doing to help stop climate change? Do I ever. Lay them on me, Mitzi. Well, I have been walking to work. It takes an extra, uh, two hours or so, but I know the bus runs on fuel, and that is bad for the environment. No buses. Well, not necessarily, Mitzi. What? Here in Boston, and in many cities across the country, city buses have slowly but surely been converting to electric vehicles. On the Silver Line, which takes us to the test kitchen, Boston purchased electric buses back in 2019. They have a goal for 2023 to introduce 80 electric buses into the fleet to replace older diesel vehicles. And 2023 is like very soon somehow. Wow, it's almost 2023. Taking public transportation, whether it's electric or not, is better for the environment than driving your own car. You don't have to walk two hours to work in order to make a difference, Mitzi. Thank goodness. I have been having to wake up very early and also my feet hurt. Okay, well, in addition to that, I also unplugged my refrigerator. Mitzi? (laughs) Why would you do that? Well, I know refrigerators use a ton of energy, and I want to be better for the environment. I'm trying to make your climate change dreams come true, Kyle. I still wouldn't phrase it that way. Mitzi, it's not practical to unplug your refrigerator. People need refrigerators. No one is asking you to do that. Really? Really. Refrigerators are bad for the environment because of the chemicals inside of them, but that's not something we as people who need to keep our food cold have a ton of control over. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I personally am not the one deciding how refrigerators get made, and neither are you. And when I moved into my house, it already had a fridge, which works fine. Throwing out or replacing something when it isn't broken is not helpful or necessary. 
It's the companies that make refrigerators who need to change, and it's governments who need to make rules that force them to. And they have been. Not fast enough, but they have been. How? Over the past few decades, governments around the world have made rules banning or limiting chemicals used in things like fridges or air conditioners that are bad for the environment. And the companies making these products have been looking for and using more natural alternatives to these chemicals, too. They need to be doing so faster, but they are doing it, all of which are good things. It's slow, but it's still progress. So I shouldn't feel bad? For using my fridge? You should not feel bad for using your fridge, Mitzi. Most households have one. It's a really important part of any kitchen. What I would say is this. If and when you are ready to buy a new fridge, you should dispose of your old one safely and properly and spend your money on a new one from a company that is not using harmful chemicals. But until then, plug it in. Don't let your deli meat spoil. That's just as wasteful if you think about it. That is such a relief. Okay, I need to go call Oliver. I bet he can get behind there and plug it back in. I'll be back. Thanks, Kyle. No problem, Mitzi. Good luck. Well, Kyle, while Mitzi goes to take care of her fridge, are you feeling ready for our first segment? Very ready. I can't tell you how excited I am for this week, Molly. Really? Why is that? I am a butter knife, Molly. This is my bread and butter, literally. I didn't even think of that. You were born for this, huh? I wasn't born as much as I was manufactured. But that's besides the point. I love butter. And honestly, all things spreadable. I am so ready. Let's do this. All right. It's time for Tricky Trivia. Listeners, here's how it's going to work. I will tell you a fact about our theme ingredient for the week, butter. And Kyle here will help you decide whether that fact is true or false. Sound good, Kyle? I can handle that. All right. Well, here is your first one. Cultured butter, which is very popular in parts of Europe, is made by playing classical music to the cows whose milk gets used in production. So, Kyle, is this true or false? Is cultured butter made by playing classical music to cows? Huh. I mean, I have so many thoughts. I don't know about you listeners. I'm not entirely sure what cultured butter is. I do know that someone who listens to a lot of classical music from composers like Mozart, Beethoven, or Chevalier Dulcan George might be considered to be a cultured person. What are you thinking, listeners? Do you think farms would play music to their cows to make them more cultured? No, I don't think so. I have to go with false for this one, Molly. That's exactly right, Kyle. Nice one. While cultured butter is a thing that is very popular in parts of Europe, it is not made by playing classical music to cows. Cultured butter is made by allowing the cream to ferment or age a little before or after churning. By letting the cream age, bacteria in the cream produces acids that makes it taste different. It can be described as having a fuller, more buttery flavor. More buttery tasting butter? Exactly. It has a stronger flavor than what's called sweet cream butter, which is most commonly sold in the U.S. All right, Kyle, ready for your next question? Ready! Well, this question is about margarine. But before I ask it, let's learn a little bit about what margarine is. Great idea. I can help with this one, Molly. Perfect. Please do, Kyle. Margarine, listeners, is sometimes considered a butter substitute. But I like to just think of it as its own thing. It's very much like butter. It adds nice, rich, fatty goodness to whatever it's being spread on. But instead of it being made from milk fat, like butter, it's made from vegetable oil. It's like a plant-based version of butter. 
Well described. As a butter knife, it is really part of the job to know what I'm spreading. Makes sense. All right, then, Kyle, here is your next question. True or false, margarine has a history of being dyed different colors, including pink. So, Kyle, is this true or false? Did margarine once get dyed pink? Oh, I actually know this one, too. But listeners, I want to give you some time to think it over. Why would people want margarine to be a different color? Pink margarine does sound cute. Maybe they do it for fun? What do you think? All right, Molly, the answer to this question is true. That's correct. Nicely done, Kyle. Thank you. Thanks so much. I can also tell the story behind it if you'd like. Please do. Listeners, back when margarine first came out, lots of people thought it was just amazing. But when you make margarine, it comes out this, like, pale white color. It just wasn't very appealing to look at. So margarine makers used food coloring to dye margarine a pale yellow to look like butter. But you know who didn't like that? The people who make butter? Exactly. They started what some might call a smear campaign. (laughs) Very funny. Dairy farmers and butter makers claimed margarine makers were trying to trick people into thinking it really was butter by dyeing it the same pale yellow color. So butter makers pressured the government in the U.S. and in Canada to pass laws protecting the general public from being tricked by the evil margarine makers of the world. I can hear your sarcasm there. The laws were all different, but the goal of them was to make sure margarine was clearly margarine and couldn't be confused with butter. Some places like Quebec and Canada required that margarine be dyed white, and other places in the U.S. like the state of New Hampshire required margarine to be pink. Yikes. Yeah, bold breakfast choice. Eventually, these laws were deemed unfair, and nowadays margarine can be whatever color it wants to be, but a very fun history nonetheless. And well told, Kyle. Thanks for your help on that one. Happy to. All right, we have one more question for you, Kyle. True or false? Whether a butter is salted or unsalted depends on what the cows eat. So, Kyle, do you think that this is true or false? Does salted or unsalted butter depend on what the cow has been eating? Ah, tricky, tricky, Molly. What do you think, listeners? I can imagine what a cow eats might have an effect on the milk it produces and the butter that's made from it. We learned in The Scoop this week that the energy from the sun gets trapped in grass and eventually repackaged into milk fat. But would cows eat anything salty? Probably not. I think I have to go false on this one, Molly. You are correct. All butter is at first unsalted. Some butter has salt added to it while it's being made but it does not come from what a cow is eating. Here at ATK Kids, we recommend cooking with unsalted butter so you can add exactly the right amount of salt to a recipe. But spreading salted butter on bread is great. Kyle, excellent work this week on Tricky Trivia. You made it look easy. Well, what kind of butter knife would I be if I didn't ace this week, Molly? That was fun. Thank you. Kyle, Molly. Hey, Chad, how's it going? It's going great, thanks. Butter week, big week for you, Kyle. Representing butter knives everywhere. And doing a great job of it. Thanks, Molly. Chad, if you're here, then it must be time for Ask a Grown-Up. That's right, Molly. And I am very excited because we are getting international with today's Ask a Grown-Up. Today, I want to talk about ghee. I'll talk to cookbook author and friend here at America's Test Kitchen, Kaumudi Marathi all about this important and versatile clarified butter right after the break. 
It's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grownups, these ads are for you. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the National Mango Board. Here at Mystery Recipe, we love our fruit fresh, sweet, juicy, and available all year long. With so many varieties to choose from, like Tommy Atkins mangoes, honey mangoes, or Kent, no matter when a mango is on your mind, you're free to grab one whenever you like. But keep in mind, don't focus on color when grabbing this fresh fruit. They come in so many different varieties that you may pick a color you love, but a ripeness you won't. So whenever you see one that makes your eye twinkle, give it a gentle squeeze. If there is a slight give, you know you've found a winner, no matter the season. Grownups, discover more about marvelous mangoes at mango.org slash mystery recipe. Hey, grownups, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Green Pan. Their Valencia cookware collection is the winner of ATK's Best in Test for Ceramic Nonstick Skillets. Green Pan is constantly working to live up to their name. They use recycled aluminum. Their factory runs on 30% solar energy. They recycle their wastewater and are focused on reduced carbon emissions. Greenpan has won dozens of awards for their dedication to the environment and is always working to make healthy products better for everyone. Grownups, to learn more about Greenpan, visit them at greenpan.us. Plus, get a special 30% off your purchase for our America's Test Kitchen audience with code ATK30. That's ATK30. And we're back. That's right, Molly. And it's time for Ask a Grown-Up. So today we're going to be learning about ghee? Correct. When I learned this week would be Butter Week, I knew we needed to talk about ghee at some point. I love ghee. I use it for everything if I can. So I reached out to our friend and coworker here at ATK, Kao Moody. So my name is Gaumudi Marathe. Uh, Not so easy to pronounce, um, but Americans actually say it better than uh, people from my homeland, India, do. Kaumudi means moonlight. I was born on a full moon night, Um, so I come from the west coast of India. Kaumudi is a senior editor on the cookbooks team here at ATK. Um, So I have to manage the production of a cookbook, whether it's dealing with the test cooks, the editors, and the designers and photographers. I started by asking her what ghee is. What is ghee? Ghee is essentially clarified butter. Clarified means it's been made clear. Um, And ghee is one of those um, ingredients that is used all over India. So it's butter that's cooked over a low heat. It's simmered so that all the water evaporates. Remember that butter is about 15% water. And it makes this sound as the ghee is cooking. It's going to start making this noise, which is, and we have an onomatopoeic name for it. It's called kard kardna. Kard 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 kard. It makes that sound. And as soon as that sound stops, you look and you see the butter is clarified and the solids are at the bottom. So that's a really good way to, to know that it's ready for you. And then it's strained to remove all the solid milk fat that's collected at the bottom. And so you're left with just pure liquid milk fat, a.k.a. ghee. Like many things in the food world, ghee came about by necessity. So what people have to understand is that thousands of years ago, 
India was a an agrarian, a farming uh, civilization. So there were cows, and people were growing food uh, crops, and they were milking the cows every day. But a long time ago, we didn't have refrigeration, and so you'd milk the cows, you'd get some milk, and then by the end of the week, you'd have so much um, cream collected that you had to do something with it. You'd have it in a cupboard and you had no fridge to put it in. So what did you do? You turned it into ghee. Ghee could sit on your counter and last for a month without going bad, unlike butter. And that's why people started making ghee. Because ghee does not have any water in it, there is no way for bacteria to grow and spoil it, which means it doesn't need to be refrigerated and can be left out at room temperature for months. Ghee is unlike butter in a few other key ways, too. I asked Kalmudi about another leg up ghee had over butter. Well, apart from the taste, <laughs> it tastes so good. Um, uh, I also like that it doesn't burn. So even if the, it get, the pan gets a little hot, the ghee's not going to burn on you. Which makes it great for frying. Kalmudi's love for ghee goes all the way back to her childhood. So kids here in the States love peanut butter jelly sandwiches, right? That's what you may take for lunch. In India, um, we make a bread called a chapati, which is a griddle bread. So when mothers are making that, um, it's, it's roasting on a griddle and it comes off hot and puffed from the griddle. And your mother says, would you like some with some ghee? And my mother would put spread ghee on a fresh griddle bread on a chapati and sprinkle some sugar over it and then roll it into a roll for us and give that to us hot off the stove. And we would eat that. And it was super, super delicious. So that's probably one of my first memories of ghee. And today, Kaomori uses ghee as much as she can. I love ghee. I just like the taste of it. It tastes nutty. People describe it as tasting nutty. I eat a spoonful of it every morning. Um, It's really good. I use it for everything I cook, whether it's savory or sweet, and I would use it to make all my vegetables and so on, because the flavor of vegetables cooked in ghee is very different from vegetables cooked in oil. And so I like that. I use it when I'm making eggs. Um, I use it when I'm... And the list goes on and on. Kaumudi definitely has a way of lighting up when she's talking about food. And not just ghee, but all types of cooking. I've always loved food. Some of my happiest memories are <laughs> around food. And so I have happy memories of my grandmothers and my mother cooking. And I learned a lot of my kitchen skills from my father uh, when I was older, a teenager. He taught me how to use a chef's knife, for instance, or how to peel banana blossoms. And I think it was because what happened in India uh, until a few generations ago was that you learned by osmosis. You smell the food cooking and you see your mother, you know, rolling out some bread or frying fish or whatever it is. And you just absorb some of that um, learning. And it's really coming to America that made me want to explore the history of my country and to share that food with people here. I asked Kalmudi what advice she had for the young chefs listening. Okay, so my advice, ask questions. Um, if you're cooking with your mother or your father in the kitchen, ask questions, ask about their background, their history. When did they start cooking? Are there certain recipes that they have that came to them from a grandmother? 
or a grandfather. And I think that that's the important thing about cooking is that it allows you family time in a way that you're not playing a game, you're doing something. But if that tastes really good, then you say, hey, I made this with my mother. And that's a lovely feeling um, to share that moment with someone you love. Couldn't have said it better myself. Back to you, Molly. Thanks, Chad. And thanks to Cal Moody for sharing their love of ghee with us. Molly! Kyle! Hey, Mitzi. Welcome back. How'd it go? It was a little complicated to talk through over the phone, but Oliver got it. He's a big milk fan, after all, and was very excited to hear we're back to using the fridge. Who's back to using the fridge? Andrea! Me! I'm back to using my fridge. Why'd you stop using your fridge, Mitzi? It's a long story. Andrea, hi! Hi, friend. Anybody ready for some how-to time? Andrea is an associate editor here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com! We want you to practice your cooking techniques while you're our intern. So every week, I'm going to teach you something new to up your arsenal of kitchen skills. So, Andrea, what are we going to learn about today? I've got something exciting planned for this week, Kyle. I really think you're going to like it. Ooh, what is it? We're going to learn how to make butter. But we learned how butter is made earlier this week. You need all kinds of special machines like a centrifuge and stuff? That's true when you're making huge amounts of butter in a factory, but if you want to make butter at home, there's actually a few different ways you can do it just with things you have in your home kitchen. Really? Yep. You can make butter with a food processor or an electric mixer, but today, we're going to make butter with our hands. With our hands? Are we going to use a butter churn like on an old-timey farm? No, I'm not even sure where I would get one of those. We're going to use these. Jars? We're going to make butter with jars? We sure are. How? Well, we learned earlier this week that butter is made by churning cream. We also learned that churning is a process that separates the milk fat particles from the water in cream by slamming them into each other so they stick together and form butter. We're going to mimic that same process that happens in an industrial churner or a food processor or a mixer in this jar with just our hands. Can you guess how? Um, by shaking it? That is absolutely right. It is? It is. We're going to put a little bit of cream into a jar, cover it tightly with a lid, and shake it to form butter. I don't know, Andrea. Isn't that going to take forever? Actually, it'll only take a few minutes. We're only going to use a little bit of cream, about a quarter cup, which will speed things up. Oh, that sounds doable. But why are there four jars here? That's the best part, Kyle. We're going to have a butter race. Whoa! All the creams will be the same temperature and everything. It's all going to be about who can shake it the most. Mitzi, Chad, we're ready for you. Hi, guys. Excited, Kyle. I had such a hard time keeping this a secret. I almost blabbed just so many times. Ha! I'm glad you did, Mitzi. This is such a fun surprise. Okay, everybody. I have jars with cream here for everyone. When I say go, everybody starts shaking. And whoever has a little ball of solid butter first wins the race. Is everybody ready? Ready. Ready. Ready! And I'm ready, too. Okay. One, 
two, three, go. Oh, boy. I hope my arms can handle all this shaking action. You can do it, Mitzi. I've done this at home before, and it only took me about eight minutes. Eight minutes? We better just go ahead and fast forward so our listeners don't get too bored and go listen to some other podcast. I did it! Blow the whistle. I'm done. I made butter, I think. Can I get a check over here? Good job, Mitzi. I don't have a whistle, but we can all stop now. Let me take a look at your jar. Oh, yeah. That looks like a little blob of butter in there. Great work. Oh, man. I was so close. I think my cream was starting to thicken up. Let me take a look. Oh, yeah. It looks like you were at the whipped cream stage, Kyle. You were well on the way. Whipped cream stage? You can make whipped cream in a jar, too? Man, what can't you do in a jar? You can make just about anything. I'm going to finish this shaking job so that I can taste my delicious homemade butter. Good thinking, Chad. Can we taste it now, Andrea? Well, we have to squeeze the buttermilk out first. If you put your butter in a fine mesh strainer, you can squeeze and press it out with your fingers, then sprinkle a little salt on there, and it'll be ready to eat. Awesome! I can't wait to try it! That was so much fun, Andrea. Thank you. No problem, Kyle. See you all next week. Well, with how to time being over, we are about out of time for today's episode, but I had a little question for you, Kyle. What's up? Well, if the things I do have control over, like how I get to work or how I keep my food cold, don't make that much of a difference in fighting climate change, then what can I do to help? Well, that is like the biggest question of them all, Mitzi. Is it? I'm just feeling a little bit like, okay, I'm just one oven mitt, even if I move into a cabin in the woods with no electricity and only ever travel by cat-drawn carriage, that's not going to stop climate change. Plus, Oliver specifically told me he's not interested in doing that. Well, Mitzi, you are right. I am just one person, and doing everything I can to lower my impact on climate change won't single-handedly save the environment. But it is still worth doing. Is it? For sure it is. If we all do everything we can, then that adds up, and it will help. But the biggest and most important changes need to happen on a bigger scale. Bigger scale like what, Kyle? Well, the government needs to pass laws that reduce fossil fuel use, single-use plastics, and even things like chemicals used in coolants and refrigerators. If the government tells companies that they can't do things that hurt the environment, then those changes can happen a lot faster than they are now. But I'm not the government. That sounds like it's outside of my control. Well, here in the U.S., we live in a democratic country. That means there are people in government whose job it is to represent you and act based on what the most people in their city or state think is the right thing to do. Lots of other countries work that way, too. So you and I can write letters or make phone calls to our representatives in Congress and ask them to support laws, bills, or resolutions like the Green New Deal that will make a big impact on climate change. Huh. That doesn't sound too hard. Grownups, all you have to do is go to bit.ly slash house reps to find the address and phone number for your rep today. So I can keep my fridge plugged in and make a call to my representatives instead. That's what I do, Mitzi. It really can make a difference. Yeah, I love it. Can I tell them about other stuff I care about, too? Sure you can. 
like making Oliver's birthday a federal holiday, for example. I mean, he is the best cat there ever has been, and I think we need to celebrate that, don't you? I think we maybe focus on one thing at a time. I guess so. We can start with climate change, then. Equally important issues to me personally, but I guess we can focus on one thing at a time. Speaking of, we are out of time for today. Listeners, we'll be back with another buttery episode next time. We'll try and stay chill in our pressing questions segment, followed by something very believable in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep Keep on on cooking. cooking! Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am Roasted Salted Cashews. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a big barrel of cheese puffs. Andrea Vavjin is a white cheddar Cheez-It, and Katie O'Hara is a goldfish cracker, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Guazda, an apple, and Matt Boynton, a salt and vinegar potato chip of ultraviolet audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and his popcorn. Our director of post-production is Jen Margolis. She is a Twix. Our director of production is Diane Knox, who is also salsa. Fact-checking by Julia Arwin, a nacho cheese Dorito. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a spicy pickle. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a tortilla chip. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a chocolate-covered pretzel. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hominoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Andrea Vavjin, Katie O'Hara, and Tess Berger, editorial assistant, Julia Arwin, photo test cook, Ashley Stoyanov, and test cook, Faye Yang. Special thanks to Kalmudi Marathi. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Brian Green. Thanks again to our sponsors, Driscoll's, The National Mango Board, and Green Pan. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Do you think I should call to tell them the light is out in my hallway at home? No, Mitzi. You would call your landlord for that. Not Congress. That's more of a specific to you issue, not something we are dealing with as a society. How about some new jerky flavors? Again, not really a government issue. More electric buses? That would totally be something your representatives might want to hear about. Less commercials during Jeopardy. Not a government issue. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. 
As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 